so grateful to uh, the leadership of this church for having me today after three solid years uh, not being here. As uh, Pastor Rari, you were introducing me, you made me a little bit like feeling like crying. Um, there are people in this world that God connects us for a reason. And uh, when I look up to the family of uh, Mama Larry and Pastor Larry, I, felt, I feel like God connected us for a bigger cause. And some of the fruits is what you've read from these men, testifying how the training that we offer in the community where we are is bringing transformation uh, to many people. That man, the last man who said he was a prophet, uh, he has a big church of more than 2,000 members. But uh, he didn't know how to preach the Bible because he never got discipled at all. By God's grace, we came across and we invited him. He went through the interview and we felt like he's competent enough because he can understand English and he can write in English. And so we recruited him. And today, from time to time, he keeps on writing, text me messages, how he enjoys these studies, how these studies is transforming him to the point that some of the things he holds so dearly, he has thrashed them away. As Paul says, there were things that I loved so much, but because I came to know the truth who is Christ, I regard them as rubbish and useless. So uh, I come here as an ambassador of Christ, ultimately, but also as an ambassador of Pastoral Training Institute of Africa on behalf of everybody whom you pray for, but also you support, uh, to say thank you so much. Uh, The past three years hasn't been easy globally, and particularly to places like ours, uh, where economy has kept on going down. But one thing that has kept us going is the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have got your Bibles, uh, please turn with me to the book of James, James chapter number one, and I'll read from verse number 19 to verse number 27. Uh, This morning, I want to talk on the subject that uh, we must be doers of God's word. Uh, All of us who are believers who come together, uh, if you profess to be a Christian, you have got the Bible, and every time the Lord is speaking to you through his word, through the preaching of his word, uh, there is one thing that the Lord expects of us, is to be doers of whatever we hear. So if you go home today, please get this. If somebody says, who's preaching, say he was a young man from Malawi, who was challenging us to be doers of God's word. God wants us to be uh, uh, to put our faith into practice. Uh, it shouldn't just be faith, uh, a vague faith, uh, just a religious person. God wants his church to be a live church, to be a new church, a church which not only listens, but also it does what God says in his word. So let me read from James chapter number one, from verse number 19. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to stand, should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, writing yourself of all moral faith and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. 
But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not forgetful hearer, but a doer who works this person who will be blessed in whatever he does. If anyone thinks he is a religious without controlling his time, his religion is useless and deceives himself. A pure and undefiable religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans, widows, in their distress, and to keep one safe and stained from the world. Brothers and sisters, glass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God lives forever. Amen. Shall we pray together? Gracious Father, we want to thank you so much for the great opportunity that this morning we could read your word. You have said in your own word that a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. As I stand here as your ambassador, as your mouthpiece, pray, use me. I pray for your church to give them an ear to hear, and not only to hear, but ultimately to go home and to put it into practice. In Jesus' name, God, we pray. Amen. There is a story about two people who are sick. One was a woman and one was a man. Both of them, they had the same disease, and they went to see the doctor. After the diagnosis, and the doctor uh, approached each one of them separately, and uh, the doctor started giving them the instructions. The first to meet the doctor after the test was a woman, and then the doctor said, uh, woman, uh, we have done ABC testing, and these are our findings. And according to our findings, uh, and these are recommendations we are putting forward to you, uh, you need to avoid to eat a particular food, you need to avoid to drink a particular drink, uh, but also you need to take this particular medication. Once you do this, it's going to help you, and you're going to be healthy, and it's going to be all right. And this lady was excited, was grateful to the doctor and says, thank you so much, doctor. I'm going to go home. I'm going to buy the medicine, but also I'm going to avoid the things that you have told me to avoid. And this lady went home, and she did exactly as the doctor had told her to do. It didn't take long before she got better, and it didn't get long before she got healed. And she started praising God to say, I'm healed, and thank you for the medicine, and thank you for the advice that you gave me. And uh, the man, when he went to see the doctor after he had done the, the testing, and the, the doctor, the same doctor, same words. And the man was like he's listening on whatever the doctor was saying, 
And he said, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'm going to do this. But the moment he went out of doctor's office, he was like, I'm not going to change. I love this drink so much. Why should I leave it? I'm not going to go and take all these pills. So he went home. The sickness kept on going. Bit by bit, to the point that uh, it got worsened. He went back to the hospital. He met the same doctor. And the same doctor said, Sir, what happened? Let's do testing again. And the findings were the same. He says, Did you listen to what I told you to stop drinking this particular drink? Did you listen to what I told you to go and to take this particular medication? In his tears, but it was too late. And the doctor said, there's nothing we can do at this juncture. And he passed on. Friends, the passage that I've read today reminds us the importance of listening and doing what God says in his word. How many times have we read the Bible and how many times we've been in churches? How many times have we listened sermons preached by all kinds of preachers? Sometimes our lack of obedience to God's word, our lack of obeying of what God has said in his word, we feel like God's word is useless and is not effective enough to us. I have seen men shifting from one church to the other, leaving one pastor to another pastor, or they think maybe if I go to this particular church, I'm going to be better. And I'm like, no, you're not going to get better unless we choose to do exactly as James is telling us this morning. Don't just be listeners, but be doers of God's word. How many times have we listened sermons? And how many times as a pastor, we, 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 we sometimes we have that privilege after you preach and people feel like, wow, it was good, pastor. The sermon was good. It was wonderful. The spirit was moving. And then they go back. They do opposite to what the pastor was saying. And we make our God as if he's an effective God. But I'm here to tell that God has never been ineffective. God has never failed. God has never forsaken his promises. Whatever God has said in his word, it will and it will always be done. But it is you and I to make a choice. Am I going to listen or am I going to reject what God says? Now when we read on verse number 19, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. As a father of three daughters, one is 12, the second one is six, and the last is three. There are times that as a father give instructions to my daughter, You do this, you don't do that. And sometimes, let's be honest, kids will be kids. They'll be like, okay, Papa, I'll do it. Within a few minutes, they do opposite to what you're telling them. And how do you know that they've done opposite? They start crying. And they're like, 
Joanna, like my, my, my second daughter, her name is Joanna. Joanna, what's us, what has happened? I told you, don't do this. And she's crying. The tears are coming here. It's like, but I told you, don't do this. Are we together this morning? How many times have we been told, thou shall not commit adultery? How many times have we been taught like the way James is speaking in verse number 19 to verse number 20 that human anger does not do anything good? And how many times have we been so outrageous at other brothers and sisters forgetting they are men and women created in the image of God? How many times have we engaged ourselves in injustice ways in businesses that we are not supposed to be doing? How many times for men and young men we have looked at pornography even when we have heard how many harms does it cause to people? You talk of drugs, you talk of all these other things. How many times have we heard but we choose to do opposite. God says, no, you're not going to please me because you've come to church. You're not going to please me because you, you carry your Bible in a certain way as a religious person, or maybe you greet people in a certain tone. I need your heart. I need you and I to have a certain heart, a heart which is responsive to God's word. A heart that responds to what God says in his own word. Friends, this is what the church is lacking globally. I travel extensively. I've been to many parts of the world. I see the same problem. Yes, churches exist, but some churches are dead. When I'm talking churches, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking you as human beings. We live as if God doesn't matter in our lives. We come to church on Sunday, but Monday to Saturday, we want to live our own life. No bowing to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And God says, no, I want to be your Lord. I want you to save under the Lordship of I. I'm your master. I'm your maker. I'm your creator. All of life is it is, it, all of life makes sense because I exist. Yesterday, as I was flying from Malawi, I flew to Kenya, Nairobi, and then from Nairobi to JFK uh, in New York. When I was in Nairobi, I met a young lady. She's in her 30s. She's a professor, a very brilliant, very sharp young lady. And then I was charging my phone, and she was charging her phone, and our plane delayed with about three hours. So we started talking. And then she asked who I am, and I said who I am and what I do. So I was like, oh, so you're a pastor? I'm like, yes, I'm a pastor. And then she started telling me her experience, her bad experience with other so-called Christians when she was in the UK. And then she went on. You said, the people who showed me mercy and love were not even Christians. There were people whom we could have given them tags as non-believer, as people who have got nothing to do with the kingdom of God. They're the ones who blessed me when I was in London. 
And she's like, sometimes Christians, we are too judgmental. We easily pass judgment on people whom we are supposed to listen. Why they behave, why they behave. Why they do things the way they do. But before we even listen, we have already passed the judgment. And the James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Did you hear that? (laughs) Quick to what? To listening and slow to what? To speak, but also slow to what? To become angry. And then in our conversation, she, she started talking things that have even made her to doubt if God is real. And I said, do you have the Bible? He says, yeah, I used to have a Bible when I was in college. She's a professor at Massachusetts. She says, uh, yes, I do have the Bible, but I don't really consider it as important book. It's not different from the other books that I use as a textbook in college. I was like, no, that's wrong. You can't equate this book to any other book. But the reason she has reached to that point is the experience she has had with other men and women who are called to be Christians. How do you live in your homes? I know people who may be very religious when they come to places like this one. You know what I'm talking about, husbands? You go home, this same woman of God, this same so-called man of God, he lives differently. James says, no, friends, we don't just preach for the sake of preaching. We don't just read for the sake of reading. We read and we preach and we hear because thy says the Lord. And because thy says the Lord, it is our job and our duty to listen and not only to listen, but also to put it into practice. I'll be honest with you, sometimes my heart breaks when I see injustices being done among Christians. I get it if somebody's not a Christian, I'll be like, I'll be like you, bro, if it wasn't for the grace of God. I'll be like you, mom, just like if I was not in Christ. The only difference that makes a difference in my life and my response is because of Christ who is in me and the grace of God and the spirit of God who is at work to all his children. But sometimes you would agree with me, there have been some things in this world, bad things happened and encouraged by the fellow Christians. How can it be? How can it be? If you and I, we claim that yes, we worship the same Jesus who died for us. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, whatever. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how little money you have. All matters is that we are all the children of God. And James says, because if I had time, if you look in chapter number two, he's preaching against favoritism. He's tackling issues to do with social justice. 
In verse number 26 and 27, listen to what it says. If anyone thinks he's a religious without controlling his time, his religion is useless. Underscore that word is what? Useless. And not only is this particular person useless, but he deceived himself or herself. For pure and undefined religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, to keep oneself unstained from this world. Friends, there is so much brokenness in this world that we live in. And God wants you to be his feet and to be his legs. To reach out to those that are in distress. It's not only limited to widows and orphans. You can apply this in different contexts. It could be someone who is jobless. How do we treat them? Those who beg in streets. How do we look at them? Those who are on the verge of divorce, or maybe they are divorced. Instead of us embracing them and mourning together with them and understanding their situation, we have done opposite. And yet we claim to be Christians. God says, that's not religion to me, that's useless. And that's, that word is not my word, it is God's word, it says it's useless. If you were in a relationship, your girlfriend or your boyfriend says he loves you and she loves you just by words without really translating it into action, without really showing that he cares for you or she cares for you, would you still say that he really means what he says? That's what happens today. We come to churches, we read scripture, we hear beautiful and good sermons being preached. We go home, we do completely opposite to what God has said in his own word. And we feel like God has failed us. No, God has never failed anybody. We, just like that man who did not listen to the doctor's instruction, has failed ourselves. My marriage is broken. Yes, your marriage is broken, is dysfunctioning, but there is a better way for your marriage to work. Go back to God's word. Listen to the word of God. Apply to what God has said in his own word. I'm so lonely, I'm depressed. I do understand that. But God has said there's so much promises in his word, isn't it? So much promises. I've met young men and young women who sometimes feel like, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not going to get mad. I'm like, no, you are beautiful. You have been created in the image of God, and you are so beautiful that God even sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. But if you don't listen to God's word, you might think, I'm useless in this planet. And God says, no, my brother, go back to the world. I have already affirmed about your life, how I treasure for you, and how I even allowed my own begotten son to come and to die for you. How, how dare can you say that I don't care for you? How dare can you say that I, God of the whole universe, have failed you? 
If I care for the birds in the, in the bush, how can I fail to take care of you? Let's go back to his word, friends. Listen. Not just listen, but put it into action. When our city and our community, there is injustice going on, somebody said silence in the midst of chaos or injustice, it means you are not doing your part as a believer. In Matthew chapter 5, 13, Jesus talks about us Christians being the salt and the light of the world. When things become chaotic in the community, guess whom God is expecting to act? It's you and I. Amen? But if we choose to be silent when we know injustice is being done, God says, how dare you say that you're religious? How useless you are. Haven't I told you to mourn with those who mourn? When God has said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, it's right here. It's not just word like to make it beautiful. When God says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, he means what he says. But many times we can say, love your neighbor as you love yourself, and yet no action. In chapter 3, James, the same James, is talking about faith without works is dead. As I'm concluding, challenging you and myself to be doers of God's word. If the young men and the young women here were struggling with particular sin, it's not the government that is going to fix that. It is your choice to obey to the word of God. In Psalms chapter 119, verse number 9, the psalmist was asking, how can a young man keep his ways pure? Says, I've hidden your word, O Lord, in my heart. I've treasured your word that I may not sin against you. Your word is beautiful. Your word is powerful. In verse 105, he says, Your word is a lamp and a light on my feet. Friends, the word of God is indeed sweeter than honey. It's more than just a book. It is God himself manifesting to us, speaking to your situation and speaking to my situations. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 up to 2. Peter says, desire for the word of God as a child desires for milk. And what's the purpose of us desiring and longing to do what the word says? In James 1, verse number 20, part B, it says, so that you may grow in your salvation. That you may appreciate what God has done for you that you may grow in your intimacy with Jesus Christ. That even when things are going bad, you will have hope knowing that he who promised is faithful. Amen. Knowing that who we say that uh, I am creating you in, your own image, in my own image, he cares for you and he died for you. That even when the doctor says you're going to die, you say yes, I may die, but not 
spiritually but physically, I'll have another life in my Lord Jesus Christ. That yes, when relationship is not working, your husband is leaving you, or the wife is abandoning you, or maybe the boss is sucking you from your work, but you still hold on to him to say, I'll choose to be faithful because I know my Redeemer lives. I know that morning may come, but joy comes in the morning because the word of God that says so. But when we don't read God's word, when we don't treasure, when we don't seek to do what God says, many times, not only in Philadelphia, but globally, we may think that God has failed us. God will never fail us. He's not a failure. He keeps his promises. He says in the book of Numbers, he says, God is not like man who can say this and then in the afternoons, ah, but I'm sorry, bro, I forgot. God is not like that. When he says, I'll heal you, it means he'll heal you. When he says, I'll give you hope, he means he'll give you hope. When he says, I'll wipe your tears, it's not just gimmick words. When God says, I'll wipe your tears, he means what he says. It's time for the church of Christ to go back to God's word, to believe that what God has said in his words, it will come to pass. How do you respond to God's word? How do you respond to the preaching of the people who preaches in this church? Do we take God's word seriously? Do we pray and seek honestly before God to say, God, help me? There are times when preachers preach, you feel like maybe they were were looking at you using CCTV and they're thinking about you so they come because they've seen you. And you, you, you develop that hatred towards a particular preacher because he has said the things which you like. It's very important for us to know that God speaks and every time he speaks, there is a reason. As I'm concluding, as we are coming here, my dear sister, we're chatting and uh, for some reason she knew where we were coming, but she wasn't quite sure which address exactly. So she told me, she said, Pastor Man, I'm going to put a GPS here. I'm like, go for it. And then after she punched everything, you know that message is turn right to the left, to what? So we reached somewhere there. She stopped listening. She's like, I know how to figure out. Don't worry, Pastor Amanda, we'll get there. Right? And then... (laughs) After she stopped listening, we went wrong way. GPS did not fail her. We failed ourselves by stopping to listening and doing to what this lady was telling us. I mean, I'm talking about this which is, which is even beyond the GPS. This is the word of God. <laughs> when God's word says, do this and you choose to do other way, you may think that God has failed you, when in actual sense, God never fails. My dear brothers and sisters, let me leave you there. Go home. 
from today onwards. Pray. Every sermon you listen, every word you read, to say, God help me, not only to be the healer, but most importantly, to be the doer of your word. For you to do that, you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. He's the one who works in us. You need Holy Spirit. He's the one who directs you. Shall we pray?